They called us deplorables. They shut down our country. They say our thoughts are disinformation. is our response, The Rob Carson Show. And it's already Thursday. Hi, kids. Welcome. Come on in. Join me. The number is 800-922-6680. We have a million things to get to. Uh, News on the economy. There was some growth last quarter. We'll explain exactly what that growth was all about because (laughs) it certainly wasn't in your paycheck. And uh, I mean, just a lot of things on the uh, on the plate. But more file out from John Fetterman. A lot of people trying to do a little CYA for uh, John Fetterman, even though his uh, brain isn't working. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. This is new from Newsmax this morning. They say that there is a uh, credible uh, report of uh, a complex, incredible threat targeting poll workers, political rallies, political officials, and voting sites. Breaking news: We are following this hour, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, New York. Uh, here, that's what you're looking at right now. Uh, downtown New York here, where the Hudson meets uh, the East River. NYPD has reportedly issued a frightening warning ahead of Election Day. ABC News has obtained an NYPD intelligence bulletin that warns of a, quote, complex and credible threat targeting poll workers, political rallies, political officials, and voting sites. Well, let me see. All those things have been taking place against uh, Republicans for a while now, pretty much. Yeah, all of that stuff. Now, the other day, I was I was looking at it, just perusing, and it looks like the FBI is trying to set up like the people going out and poll watching are terrorists. They are. They're 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 uh, knowing Merrick Garland, the uh, kind of asinine crap he does. It's unconstitutional, you know, where he sicks the uh, Department of Justice on uh, people who are going to school board meetings. Would it surprise you if uh, mom and dads who were out and there have been a bunch of them so far this season? They're literally having like tailgate parties uh, near the ballot boxes just to watch, just to make sure that nobody's dropping off dozens and dozens of ballots like the Democrats did in the last election. Sometimes hundreds in these uh, in these uh, Zucker boxes around the country. Half a billion dollars of his own money a billionaire uh you know he did that and and so now there's this there this is a credible i get and and i might mention also in uh, florida marco rubier canvasser was nearly beaten to death a couple of days ago last night maga hulk tried to do a rally uh in california at a university he was chased off the campus by leftists we had uh, alex stein he was doing a stand-up routine at a at a uh, uh college over the weekend he was chased off campus spat upon so where do you suppose what's of the political equation, something like this would be from. According to the bulletin, the threat could be motivated by racial and anti-government extremists. Okay, there you go. So what they're going to do, they've been calling uh, Trump supporters racist, right, and anti-government extremists because we questioned the last election. So this could be kind of a trickle down from the Fed. This just 12 days before the midterms. The bulletin is urging an elevated level of vigilance, telling all election officials to be on the lookout for anything suspicious. Yeah. Well, anything that uh, happens violently will come from the left. That's the way it always does. They tried to change the narrative with January the 6th. It was a peaceful rally of a million people. One of the largest rallies D.C. has ever seen on the mall to see Donald Trump because people said, hey, man, there's something really wrong with this election. And in case you didn't notice, social media shut down any discussion of election problems the day after the election, including my Facebook account and my Twitter account, completely went blank the next day. 
disappeared from the face of the earth. So uh, where's the violence going to come from? as far as the election is concerned this year, because the only people right now who are panicked and should be are uh, Democrats. They're, they're panicked about the election because they know they're going to get their asses handed to them. So would it surprise me? And I told you things are going to get weird. I told you things are going to get weird before the election. They certainly have. I mean, look at what's happened the last couple months. You got uh, uh, Joe Biden uh, ordering the uh, the FBI to raid Mar-a-Lago for a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, uh, documents, supposedly because he had uh, nuclear secrets and all that was all made up. This after the uh, wholesale uh, raid of Donald Trump by the uh, by the FISA court getting a uh, uh, search warrant essentially. Uh, to uh, to wiretap Donald Trump's uh, campaign, uh, transition team, and, and presidency. Would it surprise you that they're going to try and do something insane before this election? There is a lot of uh, insanity going on. There's a lot of violence going on. But it has always been, since Donald Trump came down the escalator, there has been violence against conservatives. I saw it at Trump rallies before he was elected. People showing up, getting in line to start fights. Then on his inauguration day. People tried to burn down parts of Washington, D.C., set fire to a limousine, set fire to buildings. Then, of course, the summer of 2020, which was an election year. And where did all the violence come that year? Oh, yeah, from the left. Oh, yeah, from the left. Isn't that crazy how that happens? Just kind of just crazy. You bet you got to be violent or violent. You bet you got to be vigilant, not violent. Yeah, not violent, of course. But you got to be vigilant for sure because they're going to try stuff. The left is going to try all sorts of things. We've got uh, things happening in the state of Pennsylvania. We've got ballots going out that shouldn't have gone out. we got uh, other things happening around the country. And, uh, and of course, the, uh, the GOP's got a lot of lawyers, a lot of volunteers out. And they're going to be watching uh, polling places and stuff. Maybe this is a way that the left is attempting to say, oh, you know, you, you really don't need those poll watchers. Plus, it might be dangerous to be po- watching the polls. They're going to try anything because they can't win in the arena of ideas. They can't. Oh, um, this is kind of interesting. So the economy grew at 2.6% from July through September after shrinking for the first half of the year, spurring fears of recession. But experts say the country is still uh, treading water. Yeah. The upswing was mostly due to a rebound in the same uh, technical factors that drove the first half decline, leading one economist to observe the economy is treading water. If you take a step back and look at the GDP, it's gone effectively nowhere over the last year, according to Mark Zandi, chief economist at Moody's Analytics. Oh, hell, I was going to go out and celebrate today. I was going to go out and celebrate and go out and buy a steak that's increased by about 100% in cost, or chicken breasts that have, have increased about 100% in cost, while my paycheck has it. You see? Isn't that weird? I mean, you, you guys, listen, 2.6% growth, that, that should impact you immediately. Clearly, this is the, uh, this is the Inflation Reduction Act at, uh, at work here. No, actually, it's not. It's actually, it's actually not. Uh, the, uh, the U.S. GDP rose at a little over 2%, says the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis. GDP is related to the increase this time is related to U.S. exports in oil, gas, and weapons. This is according to Zero Hedge. While Biden sells U.S. weapons, oil, and gas overseas, the average American suffers 40-year high inflation. So that's where your GDP is coming from, by the way. That's where your GDP is coming from. Hell, maybe even China uh, contributed to that increase in the GDP because we sold them a million barrels of, uh, of oil from our strategic petroleum reserve. So, I mean, you, you can go out and you can party and have a great time, but realize, of course, that inflation is still at a 40%, a 40% uh, increase, uh, the highest it's been in 40 years, I should say, and uh, your paycheck hasn't increased that much. 
So there is that. Nearly one in five Americans have skipped meals or did not buy groceries due to surging inflation, including 28% of Gen Z and 23% of millennials, according to a new survey. Well, you clearly haven't got the good news about the GDP. Uh, duh. 17% of respondents said they were receiving food items from a food bank, including 22% of millennials. While well, 17% they, uh, they've stopped buying healthier food options, 18% they said they'd skip meals or didn't even buy groceries. Beyond facing food insecurity, it's food insecurity. Same survey also found that high inflation is forcing Americans to delay certain health care expenses. Yeah. For, I thought Obamacare was going to take care of that. I thought uh, prescription drugs are going to cost a lot less with the Inflation Reduction Act. Why the hell's that? Uh, Barack Obama promised it was you keep your doctor, keep your plan, cost you a lot less. I mean, that was supposed to fix it, right? Wasn't it? Oh, they always promise stuff and it never gets fixed. That's what they do. They do it for an election cycle. I got it. That's why Joe Biden's been in 50 years and nothing has gotten better. The same problems that existed in 1973 exist now. Infrastructure, health care, Social Security, uh, you know, uh, Medicare, Medicaid. I can go on and on. 14% of Americans have uh, canceled or postponed plans to see a health care specialist. Yeah, just have somebody. Maybe you got a relative that can look at it. Just put some mud on that. You'll be fine. 10% of delayed taking prescribed medication. 11% stalled uh, receiving a yearly physical. Groceries have climbed 13% <laughs> from a year ago. That's hilarious. Egg prices, 30%. Dairy products, 15%. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. President's popularity has crashed to 39%. I know. I'm as surprised as you that it's that high. Yeah? Yeah. He, he is, his poll rating is 39%. Uh, 55% of us disapprove. How can 40% of the American people think he's doing okay? Giving him the thumb? I mean, really, honestly? Didn't we just tell you that 22% uh, of millennials are getting food you know, assistance? I mean, re really? 40% of people are? Okay. So, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's at a new low. 39% approval, 55% uh, disapproval. And then uh, one more thing here on the economy, then we're going to get into uh, John Fetterman and Joe Biden saying that uh, if you have to sit in uh, coach, you, you, you clearly are uh, you know, a victim of racism. We'll get to that. Uh, I can count on both hands the number of times I've flown first class and twice the times that I paid for it. <laughs> South Florida homeowners priced out of the market as it becomes one of the most unaffordable places in the U.S. to buy a home. Now, you look at the, uh, the increase in your home mortgage rates from, you know, 3% back in March or, or, or January versus now 7%, 7.16% as the, as the average. So what does that mean? Well, that means places like South Florida, your uh, average mortgage payment from, uh, from January to now is, has increased by 96%. <laughs> 96%. Yeah. Fort Myers, 102.5% increase in monthly mortgage payments from last September, despite being destroyed by Hurricane Ian. Meanwhile, in Tampa, 93.9%. Jacksonville, 92%. It's probably because all the people from New York and Texas are moving, or not Texas, New York and California are moving there. Yeah.
There you go. So, uh, you know, good luck, good luck buying that house. Now, um, we're going to get to uh, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. She's very excited about school buses. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the election because it looks like uh, Carrie Lake and others seem to be pulling away from the pack. Now, of course, we still have a couple weeks until the election, but uh, these are good signs. The number here is 800-922-6680. This is a Thursday edition of The Rob Carson Show. are he and man. His adjectives are awesome and excellent. And his interjections are hell and yeah. It's the Rob Carson Show. You're running for a seat that could decide the balance of power in Washington. What qualifies you to be a U.S. Senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. He's running to use Pennsylvania. Okay, so um, last night we're hanging out in the house, and I'm uh, you know watching Newsmax and, and flipping over to Fox every once in a while, and my wife's in the other room, and, and she just hears kind of a passive uh, the, the news, and they're talking about John Fetterman. And all of a sudden out of the kitchen I hear this, why are they making fun of him? I said, nobody's making fun of him. Well, yeah, they are. I said, no, they're not. They're talking about him. They're, they're talking about the elephant in the room, which is he had a stroke. He even admitted he had a stroke. Somebody making fun of him. I mean, dear God in heaven, we're not children on the playground. We don't we don't make fun of people. I mean, honestly, what's what adult seriously makes fun of a pe- of people like that? Well, the left does a whole hell of a lot. They really do. So you know, I'm watching this, and I'm a, I'm a kid who was bullied, you know, my entire uh, academic career from first grade at least till sophomore year in high school. So I know what bullying is. I know what being made fun of is. And if you can't talk about the fact that this guy who is a uh, a uh, uh, running for office as senator of the United States, if you can't talk about his debate performance, if you can't talk about the fact that he's mentally unfit to serve, and he is not, and I'll, I'll even share a doctor on CNN, if you think that just talking about is making fun, I don't know what the hell, you, you, I, honestly, I don't get it. You've got to be able to talk about stuff. I can't say, for instance, with a lot of people, and this happens with the left, if I talk about a transgendered female going to the White House, even though she's only been a female for 200 days and suddenly becoming a mouthpiece for every transgendered person, or for that matter, woman in America, and if I, if I can't say that guy is mentally ill, which is true, then, then what the hell? But people will tell me, oh, you're making fun of him. Oh, you, you, you. So it's a, it's a way of shutting people down. I'm not saying my wife did that last night, but she immediately assumes that uh, somebody's making fun of, uh, of uh, John Fetterman. It's not the case. And, of course, and yesterday on The View, it was just rich. Dear God in heaven. Joy Behar, she, uh, she said that, uh, that by participating in the debate, uh, Mehmet Oz was uh, making fun of John Fetterman, and he shouldn't because he took the Hippocratic Oath. The Hippocratic Oath, which is to do no harm, which has nothing to do with the debate. But uh, she's reaching. The Republican Party's running a bunch of ads about showing Fetterman you know, st- uh, stumbling on things because of the stroke. Mm-hmm. What kind of a doctor is behind that? Aren't you supposed to do no I'm not seeing any of those ads. Are you seeing any of those ads? I'm not seeing any of those ads. I mean, I don't live in Pennsylvania, but I'm not seeing any of those ads. Harm. It's so unempathetic to the guy, you know? And I just want to say that Oz is very slick. He's a TV guy. Yeah. Remember that. There's another woman in Arizona, Carrie Lake, also a TV woman. Mm-hmm. So they're very slick, you know? Yeah, so what? So what? 
They come from broadcasting. Is that the first time, Ronald Reagan? Come on. Fetterman's kind of like, you know, with the stroke and without the stroke, he's not as slick. But he's... No, he's not as slick. So that's it, apparently. If you are mentally, uh, you know, damaged, your brain is damaged, you're not as slick. Ideas, and he has governed. Yeah. You know, Oz, and I, I know Oz. I mean, I've been to his house, and he, he has a part of him. You know, I called him one time to help with the recommendation for a doctor. He was right there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but he became a Republican, so I have to tear him down at all costs. Now, here uh, is uh, Joy. Behar and the crew, the shrews of The View, uh, making fun of Herschel Walker for the way he talks. I just wanted to add on the Fetterman conversation. Yeah, yeah. That what makes the Republicans think that Herschel Walker is coherent and he hasn't had a stroke? Oh, that sounds kind of racist to me. Doesn't it sound kind of racist? That's a valid point. You're I'm, making fun of the way he talks? I'm going to read to you what Herschel Walker said on, on climate change. Mm-hmm. He said, we don't control the air. Our good air decided to float over to China's bad air. Okay, that, that's, that's a very oh, valid okay. point. Yeah, you know, he was making a joke, you see. Unlike Kamala Harris, who says that kind of stuff, and, and uh, you just go, really? Really? We'll get to Kamala Harris in a second. But uh, last night on CNN, they had a, a medical expert to talk about uh, John Fetterman's brain injury. And uh, here's what he actually had to say. And, and he said, yeah, he's got a severe injury. But the particular problem that Mr. Fetterman ha- has is expressive aphasia from an injury to a part of the brain in most people on the left side towards the front of the brain in the temporal lobe. Now here he is admitting that Don Fetterman has a damaged brain and he does. It's not making fun of anybody. It's just saying that maybe you need to focus on getting better. And that's what I'm hearing from the Republican side. I'm not seeing ads with John Fetterman stuttering and anybody making fun of him. That's all made up. That's all nonsense. Nobody's saying that. What they are pointing out is the cruelty of the Democrat Party and John Fetterman's wife for saying, hey, man, you you had a stroke five months ago. Uh, brush it off. Stay in the race. Uh, probably called Broca's area. Mm-hmm. And people with expressive aphasia have difficulty putting together complex sentences. They have difficulty processing spoken word in complex. Other than that, he'll be a great senator. Complex uh, sentences. So What's the prognosis? I mean, does it get better? Can it get better? You know, uh, I'm 57 years old, and I think that if I try to be a walk-on for the Kansas City Chiefs, that uh, if I can't uh, make it onto the team, that will be ageist. That'll be ageist, and it'll be ableist. Uh, It can get better. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of uh, speech therapy, a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, I take care of, of... People like Mr. Fetterman, who have had atrial fibrillation, which is where we think his stroke came from, where, how it originated. Uh, and I admire his courage to go on that debate last night. He had to know that he was... Fa- yeah, he could have done like Katie Hobbs, and she hasn't even had a stroke. She's just a moron. Seeing basically a, a fast-talking TV doctor who at times seemed to be talking almost intentionally faster in the face of Mr. Uh, this is hilarious. So he's saying that uh, Dr. Oz literally tried to talk faster to uh, fluster uh, John Fetterman. Uh, Fetterman's difficulty speaking. Almost, sometimes it appeared almost cruelly faster. Uh, and they also, the Fetterman campaign said that the uh, people doing the, uh, the translation and the closed captioning, they were uh, screwing up. So any excuse. Here's the deal. Cognitively, very damaged. Can't be a senator. It's, it's not just get another candidate. It's okay. It's not like he's the end all. It's not like he is, uh, you know, the next JFK for crying out loud. But it's too late for that. He's going to get beaten. I've got more audio from CNN and your phone calls, 800 922 
888-900-3686-860. This is a Thursday edition of The Rob Carson Show. European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, is specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. since 1990. You can choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corp's all-in-one 9mm MC9 Striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAACorp.com. That's EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. Why we know Joe Biden and the Democrats caused a 40-year high inflation. When factories that make these ships shut down, ships shut down. Because we're not stupid. It's the Rob Carson Show. So the left is uh, doing their level best to make the debate with John Fetterman <clears throat> go away. Some people are saying he got $2 million. People contributed $2 million to John Fetterman after the uh, debate, and 82% of people thought that Mehmet Oz won the debate. And, and honestly, is this a country you want to be in where somebody has a severe brain injury running for office and, and you can't say anything about it? I mean, we got a president that way. I, honestly, we've got a president that way. President of the United States, we're, we're supposed to act like the emperor has clothes on. We're supposed to act like our president has, uh, the, uh, has clothes on, the outfit is fantastic. This is something I put together, me personally. This is our president. The President of the United States, Joe Biden, just the last 30 days. Let me start off with two words. Made in America. Soldiers of campaign learned to scale rock, ski, and survive, preparing for the war. They were about just imagine, I mean this sincerely. I say this as a father of a man who won the Bronze Star, the Conspicuous Service Medal, and lost his life in Iraq. If you get any questionable calls... Please tell us by going to report fraud, report fraud, D-O-T-F-T-C dot gov. Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? No, she died two months ago. Where's Jackie? I yeah, don't think she died. She called the family and everything. Bliss will be here. My yeah. grandfather, Finney Grimscrant, would really be proud of me right now. No, I'm not joking. He would. He's an all-American football player. No, he wasn't. John in Santa Clara. We didn't lose our whole home, but lightning struck, and we lost an awful lot. It was a garage fire. They put it out in 20 minutes. About 15 years ago. My intention to run again. And we have time to make that. Oh, this is where he fell asleep during the interview last week. Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Oh. Dr. Biden thinks that... uh, my wife thinks that uh, that I uh, that that we're that we're doing something very important. So I became a full professor at the University of Pennsylvania. No, you didn't. Do you think they're making a mistake? No, they're by 16. There, I've already gone in for yet, and a lot more last another 20 or so. I'm going to be going in. So that's where we are. 
the Democrat Party is perfectly fine with somebody in office who is mentally unfit for the job and can just do what they say. That's what this is all about. Have you heard anything from Dianne Feinstein lately? Dianne Feinstein is mentally, uh, her brain is applesauce. That's what everybody's saying because they're not putting her out there at all. She has no idea where she is, when she is. She has no cognitive ability whatsoever, but he's, she's still in place. Just like, who was the guy years ago? <clears throat> they had a guy in, in, uh, in the Senate for 150 years and uh, literally just a, a, a blob of goo. Democrat, of course, and uh, and then and 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 of course, after they uh, their usefulness, they just they don't do any appearances at all. They just vote, they just vote, and that's cool with what they want from uh, John Fetterman. They just want somebody in office who will vote, just be the uh, the deciding vote or whatever in the Senate for Joe Biden's uh, you know what's left of his uh, his agenda. And uh, they're doing the same thing with Joe Biden as the president. Dear God in heaven, there's no debate about it anymore. And I'm going to tell you also, um, the whole uh, dementia thing doesn't get better. People don't get better from uh, dementia. It it just, you're not going to get better. I I hate to say it. I just, I've seen it a number of times in my life. My mom used to, you know, and she was wonderful. My mother was wonderful. And my mother kept her wits about her until the day she died. Physically. That was another thing. That said, <clears throat> like my uh, Uncle Virgil, my Aunt Colleen, invited them to live with us. Would you, would you rather have them go to a nursing home? Hell no. Uh, my, my father's mother, my grandmother, dad built a special addition on the house for her so she wouldn't have to live in a nursing home. This is a wonderful thing. This is how families are supposed to operate in a lot of ways. It is. <clears throat> it's really the perfect template. Um, and, 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 and I saw them decline. I saw them decline. I saw the same telltale signs. I saw the distant gaze. I saw the falling asleep. I, my mom would every day go out and take a walk, Grandma, go out and take a walk. She'd fight that off for all she's worth, but it kept her alive. I saw this. It's not going to get better. Joe Biden isn't going to get better. And, uh, I mean, honestly, at this point, is there any doubt? There's still people denying it, but is there any doubt? This is more from this doctor last night on CNN talking about uh, uh, John Fetterman's profound brain injury. Uh, He had to know that he would uh, get the kind of uh, reception that that he got from that. Um, And being the son of a man who had atrial fibrillation and had a stroke, I know how much work it takes to, to recover, and I admire Mr. Fetterman. And that's what he should be doing. He should be recovering. Uh, determination to do that, but he's obviously had a, a pretty significant neurologic injury. Yes, he has. And uh, and what's worse is the uh, Fetterman campaign has been anything but honest about it. And there's a reason, because he has a profound brain injury and he can't do his job. You know, it's, it's hard to know. And, and part or the job he'd like to have, but most probably won't. The problem is that, you know, the campaign was opaque at the very beginning. They didn't really disclose the degree of his illness. We don't really know how sick he was. If we, in fact, his treating physicians were never made available to, to the press or the public. So we well, I wonder why that is. We don't really know how much Mr. Fetterman has actually... Usually when you hide stuff from people, it's opaque. Recovered. It might in be- fact, at the debate, he was asked if he would release his medical records, and he, he basically said no. So... You know, why is that? He might have had... A massive event, and it, oh, there you go. If you know people who had seen him originally might now say, "Oh my God, he looks remarkably better," and and I bet he does. But compared to not knowing how far he's come, it's very difficult to know how far he can go. 
and and it would be it would be good for the people who care for him to be made available to the press. It would be uh, it would be nice if they were honest, because if you're going to be our representative, we have to know. We have a right to know Joe Biden's physical and mental ability. We have a right to know it because he is the president of the United States. There is no ambiguity. There is no teasing. There is no making fun. But there is a right to know. We have to know. And we also, because there are a myriad of ways that you might be uh, forced out of work or or you might even your family say, hey, we're not going to give you the keys anymore. We had to do it with my mom. Uh, and she was cool with it. She understood. She couldn't see very well. Her reaction time was very slow. My mom had a stroke, by the way, eight years before she died. It didn't impair her mentally. She can communicate as it never bothered her a bit, not one little bit. But it did really bleep up her physically. Her left side was weak, and it really wrecked her life. If, if it wouldn't have been the physical, the, she would have been fine. But clearly, and I never saw anything like this in my mom, John Fetterman had a profound stroke. And Joe Biden has serious, and I would venture to say, uh, it ain't early stage anymore. If you look at dementia, he's, he's, since the campaign trail, we've knew he's had dementia. That's two years ago, more than two years ago. So where do you suppose he is? Intermediate or advanced? I'm thinking so. Here's Representative Claudia Tenney from New York talking to Newsmax about Joe Biden. I think we should be very concerned. This is just a continued pattern. It's daily. I'm, I'm just surprised that his handlers, I call them the shadow government behind him that are actually running everything, continue to allow him to do public interviews to be on uh, the public stage. The good and decent thing to do would be to have the president step down. That's it. Uh, I'm just going to tell you right now, uh, doesn't matter to me. I, I don't mind having this idiot in charge. I, I, you know, I, don't have a, I don't have a problem with it. He's failing. His, his, his approval ratings are disgusting. He's, he's causing the demise of the Democrat Party as well as the Democrat Party's actions. So there's really no advantage to me personally or, or Republicans to have Joe Biden removed from office. We're going to have Kamala Harris. Who the hell cares? Really? I mean, honestly, like we think he's a threat. We think that the only threat he is is the possibility of stumbling and bumbling his way into nuclear holocaust. But that wouldn't be him because he's not in charge. For people to see this in plain sight. And look, just just after uh, this incident occurred or just before this incident occurred, he got up in, in an interview and said that he was the one that got the student loan mm. debt relief uh, bill passed by a few votes when he did that as an executive order and it was struck down by the court. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. But I guess that's that's cool. That's how low the Democrat Party has sunk. That is how low the Democrat Party has sunk. And then yesterday, for some odd reason, I'm not sure exactly they're they're grasping at straws. And I've used the uh, I've used the expression that uh, Democrats, when they're when they're uh, uh, you know their their agenda fails, they die like movie vampires, uh, lashing, clawing, grabbing anything they can to drag them to hell. And and I might include uh, stuff that you know really doesn't matter to you. Like for instance, <clears throat> we all know that flying commercial sucks. It really does. I generally have to fly cattle class. It's called cattle class. Now, I am uh, about 6'1", about, about a 250, about 250, a little bit too much of a gut. But, you know, I'm a big 50-inch jacket, the whole deal. And uh, that seat's 18 inches across with no leg room for me. Now, I'm a white guy. I'm supposed to be privileged. I thought there would be a special white section on airliners, but apparently there is not. 
But Joe Biden says that airliners forcing customers to pay for extra legroom is racist because it hits marginalized Americans and people of color the most. Here's the president making up some sort of a, a controversy or uh, something that needs a legislative uh, solution, I guess, yesterday. Uh, came out of nowhere as you're dealing with a 40-year high inflation. Decision. Some airlines, if you want six more inches between you and the seat in front, you pay more money. But you don't know it until you purchase your ticket. No, no, you know it, actually. You can get an exit row. You can get all sorts of stuff. They don't just spring that on you. Look, folks, these are junk fees. They're unfair, and they hit marginalized Americans the hardest, especially low-income folks and people. Oh, I see. Hold on. I was just looking online at, a, at an airline, and it says here on the bottom, here in this little disclaimer, it says, Psst, don't tell anybody we want black and people of color to sit in uncomfortable seats. Color. They benefit big corporations. Right there on the by the fine print. Not consumer. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So apparently it's uh, marginalized people. I got to tell you, I've been pretty marginalized on uh, on airlines. I've had some terrible, terrible flights sitting between uh, uh, fat people next to crying babies and all sorts of stuff in in seats that. Uh, I, I, Man, I mean, if it's uncomfortable for me, then uh, clearly the the seats that the airlines are putting uh, people of color in have got to be terrible. I mean, really, really bad. I'm sitting here, <clears throat> literally, I'm like 20, probably 25, 26 inches across up top here, and, and i got to sit in an 18-inch wide seat. So because uh, apparently legroom is a race issue, I can't even imagine how comfortable, uncomfortable it is for black people. It's got to be terrible. It's, it's got to be even worse than me. That's 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 crazy. Now, you know, he's talking about junk fees. Next time you look at your cell bill, and you usually don't, but look at your cell bill, and you look at all the junk fees that are on that bill, and it's all government-related crap. And half the stuff on an airline ticket are government-related crap and things you have to pay for government regulation, taxation, and whatnot. So before you jump on corporate America, uh, businesses trying to fly, actually, and thanking God that we can fly from Washington, D.C. to Los Angeles in five and a half hours, four and a half coming back, versus on a covered wagon where half of the people in your in your wagon tree die of diphtheria before you get there, maybe you ought to be kind of glad that we have airlines to do this. And they're highly, highly regulated. And they're not racist, and, and uh, uh, six inches uh, of leg room or whatever the hell is not uh, targeting people who are racist. The airlines could give a rat's behind what color you are. And they certainly don't care about your size because they'll stick in that same dang uncomfortable seat like me in the back of the plane. Coming up, Kamala Harris, she loves Venn diagrams and she really loves school buses. I know, I know. She's our vice president. Details on that coming up. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. For all those who are sick and tired of people moving to D.C. and spending their entire lives telling us how to live ours, it's The Rob Carson Show. You know, uh, I was told by my producer, Brian, if we're going to talk about Kamala Harris, we haven't heard our Kamala Harris uh, theme song. We've got several of them. This is one of them. She talks about her love for school buses coming up. She's borderside but won't go to the border. From Mexico, she stays so very far. Not a Mensa member. She doesn't seem to care about law and order. Kamala. She's a Densa member, I think is what it is. Responsibility, she's always shirking. What rhymes with shirking? Maybe she's relaxing in some spa. 
It's seldom that you'll ever see her working. Come along. Come along. Come along. I know that it's a mystery. That Camelot, Camelot, could somehow become the VP. You know she wants to move into the White House. That's me whistling, by the way. She can't wait to become the left's new star. That's not going to happen. Disaster it would be. What a tragedy. If somehow she became the president, Miss So uh, Kamala Harris was talking about the uh, federal government spending a billion dollars of your money on worthless, crappy electric school buses. Why do I say this? Well, I grew up in the uh, in Iowa, and I lived in Minnesota and Cincinnati. And in the wintertime, it's real hard to get electric vehicles to run very long because there's a thing called a battery in them. But that's not going to stop the Biden administration for buying a bunch of buses that people don't want that will become junk, that will become so ungodly expensive to repair for school districts, it will drive them into bankruptcy. But other than that, they're great. Here she is uh, making up some statistics about how bad bus exhausts are for children, I guess. Here's your vice president. Today, 95% of our school buses are fueled with diesel fuel. Yeah, they are. And they work beautifully, by the way. And they're energy efficient compared to gas vehicles, by the way. Uh, a, a diesel uh, uh, actually burns more efficiently. You get higher gas mileage with a diesel. And and basically, the entire machine of our, our economy runs on diesel, which we're running short on now, by the way. Which contributes to very serious conditions that are about health and about the ability to learn. Okay, so she's saying that a diesel bus is going to cause a child not to be able to learn as well. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, not a terribly bright woman. Uh, here she is. Uh, she grew up very privileged, by the way. She grew up in uh, Berkeley, California. And uh, her parents, uh, one was like a surgeon. The other was an academician. They were very wealthy, uh, very well-to-do. And in the uh, the debate with uh, Joe Biden years ago, uh, 2019, I guess, she decided to use racism because, you know, she's half Indian and half black. You never hear about the half Indian, which is historic, by the way. First Indian American to be a vice president, but she never makes a big deal out of it because, you know, they're not an oppressed group. Uh, there's no votes to be had. But here she is uh, telling uh, uh, Joe Biden that she had to ride a bus. It's a terrible thing. She had to ride a bus. She is put out. She is a victim of racism in Berkeley, California. You know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. Okay, well, the second class uh, is not the first class. First class, you are uh, paving the way. Okay, first class, you're really doing something. Second class, you know, they, they've already done, not so much, really. You're not a victim. And she was bused to school. Oh, gasp, shriek, having to ride a bus, dear God. Every day. And that little girl was me. Yeah, she tried to act like a victim there, even though she's never been a victim in her life. Uh, by the way, I had to ride a bus every morning for an hour and every night for an hour. Yeah. So there's that. 
And I can hear the jokes. Yeah, yeah, well, diesel fuel, I guess, is bad for you. Makes your brain not work. You know, it's, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. But uh, it's nonsense. And uh, to invest a billion dollars in uh, worthless buses that are going to be junk, uh, that will require $20,000, $30,000 batteries, is, is a joke. And if schools really wanted them, uh, they'd already have it built into their budgets, and they don't. Let's take a break. Come back in a second. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. If you've ever wanted to generate your own supply of free electricity, this will be the most important message you will ever hear. Here's why. With new grid vulnerabilities, with electrical rates rising faster than any time in American history, there's never been a better time to protect your family with a plug-and-play solar generator. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving electrical power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, a solar generator runs quietly, emits no fumes, produces an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. It's like having an electric power plant running secretly in your own home. Runs sump pumps, shortwave radios, computers, even keeps food from spoiling. Whether it's dangerous storms, brownouts, or blackouts, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Go to RobOffGrid.com. RobOffGrid.com to learn more. Use coupon code ROB and get over $1,500 in free off-grid bonuses available now at RobOffGrid.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hour number two of the Rob Carson Show. If you get a chance to check out the uh, the show podcast, we take the entire show and we uh, edit it down, and it's uh, it's awesome. Uh, you can get it on your usual podcast platforms, including uh, Spotify, Apple uh, Apple uh, Podcasts, and whatnot. If you would leave a five star review, and uh, if you would also uh, subscribe, that would be huge. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, I think you're going to. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. So, um, a lot of things to get to this hour, including some of the polls that's happening uh, with regard to Kerry Lake, with regard to Ron DeSantis. It looks like they're really blowing it wide open. Now, we don't take anything for granted, obviously, and we also know that the Democrats will try anything by hook or by crook to steal this election. So we need to uh, be alert. They're going to try a lot of crap. They already have. Guys, this election cycle has already been a nightmare. The only difference really between this and 2020 was they're not burning down American cities. They don't have a convenient race riot to stoke with outside money. But they're trying a lot of crap. They are. But you know what? The truth shall, shut you, uh, shall, uh, shall set you free. 40% of Hispanics now backing the Republican Party. Why is that? Well, family, country, God. Yeah. It's the same thing that propelled the new uh, prime minister of Italy into power. Oh, it's racist. No, it's not. No, no, no. Family, country, and God. I mean, those things you need, really, those are the, those are the pillars. You, you got to have those if you're going to live in the world, because we live in a really cruel world, by the way. And, and if, if a family, country, and God aren't there, then you've got anarchy and you've got death camps. So 40% of uh, Hispanics said, oh, what's this? Now, wait a minute. Hold on. This is, this is far-leaning. Hold on. This is this far-leaning USA Today. This is pretty big. USA Today says 21% of blacks are backing the Republican Party. What? No way. 
Now, you may recall that uh, Facebook, right after the last election, got rid of a, a group with a half a million members, and it was called the Walk Away Movement. Remember that, the Walk Away Movement? And there were people leaving the Democrat Party for their, uh, their bankruptcy with regard to morality and common sense. And most of those people were people of color. But that page just went away, just gone. Half a million people, all of the stories, all of the, the wonderful, uplifting, uh, you know, freedom from the Democrat Party stories that were there disappeared. Dis Why is that? It's almost like maybe Facebook was working with the government. Oh, I guess they did. Yeah, they did that on Hunter Biden's laptop. And, and so did Twitter and so did YouTube and so did uh, the mainstream media. 21% of black voters are supporting the racist, white supremacist Republicans. How could they possibly do that? How could they possibly? We're fascists, for God's sake. We, uh, according to uh, uh, Michael Steele and MSNBC, we're maggots. We're lice. We are fascists. We're white supremacists. Why in the hell? I mean, have you, uh, have you been tricked? Have you been hornswoggled? Or maybe you're just getting the truth and you're seeing where the Democrat Party has led you for the last 50 years in hell holes. Cities like uh, East St. Louis, uh, Ferguson, Missouri, Gary, Indiana, Chicago, that have been miserable. In, in cities, in, in our inner cities in America, if, if there is a uh, MLK, MLK Boulevard, uh, chances are you're going to see uh, insane crime and a Planned Parenthood. There's your Democrat Party for you. I know this. I know it. Saw it in Cincinnati. Saw it in Minneapolis. Saw it in Washington, D.C. Donald Trump said, what do you got to lose? There are a lot of Republicans who are saying, what do you got to lose? And there are a lot of people of color who are saying, well, yeah. And then you got, uh, you got uh, Hispanics. And, and let's face it, the open border is there for one reason. And they started calling this uh, replacement, white replacement. No, it's not. It, it was a plan by Democrats to open the southern border to bring as many people across the border who could uh, be eligible for government handouts, benefits, voting cards, IDs. And then the, uh, the Democrat Party thought they could just expect that they would vote because of that for the Democrat Party. But the thing is, they're coming across the border and they're going, oh, the Democrat Party is for abortion up to the, uh, the moment of birth. The, uh, the Democrat Party is for an open border, fentanyl. Hey, believe it or not, Hispanic people die of fentanyl overdoses too. I know, it's crazy. It's crazy. 21%, 21% of blacks are backing the Republican Party. The issue inflation is number one. So you can talk about abortion all you want. And, and I, would, I would venture to say that uh, of all groups that have been adversely affected by Democrat racism and, and Democrat support of abortion, it would be people of color. Because uh, a very large percentage of the black population has been exterminated. That was the dream of Margaret Sanger, who was a supporter of the KKK, which is an organization created by Democrats. Before that, it was slavery. After that, it was Jim Crow. Then it was the great society that wrecked the, the uh, black family. So I would like to say that uh, it's great to know that some people are ignoring all of those who are screaming that uh, Republicans are racist, uh, Republicans are white supremacist, 
And obviously they're saying, well, you know, you're saying all these things, Democrat Party, but really what are you doing for me? Because I'm seeing people like Myra Flores kicking butt. I'm the, Tim Scott kicking butt did a, a wonderful job the other night at the town hall on Fox. I'm seeing uh, Byron Donalds. He's he's freshman uh, congressman. He's kicking butt, defending things like, I don't know, traditional families, saying that boys being born boys should stay boys and not compete with girls in high school. I don't know if you know this, but people of color, more so than even uh, Karen, white Karens in cul-de-sac neighborhoods, got a problem with the sexualization of children and telling a little girl that she could become a little boy. I would venture to say in the Hispanic and the, and the black community might even be a little bit more than in the white community with regard to those issues. A little more traditional that way. I know, it's crazy. It's just crazy. Al Gore's been a race baiter uh, all of his adult life. He's really, I mean, look at uh, Al Gore. Uh, Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton has been a race baiter his entire life. Al Sharpton, what has Al Sharpton done for anybody but show up for a funeral? He's always willing to show up for a funeral. Whenever there's a funeral of a black kid shot by a cop, boom, he is right there. After that, he's out. He's in New York City. He's wearing his $5,000 suits. He's making appearances on MSNBC. And here is Al Sharpton calling out what he calls latte liberals. Now, latte liberals, these are Karens, okay, Karens. I came up with, I, I discovered Karens back in the 90s. I knew that Karen was a cul-de-sac living liberal woman, a liberal white woman, and she was the one who was willing to step forward and be offended for everybody and willing to step forward and mother different communities. I mean this, really. For instance, oh, oh, you know, I know that, uh, that uh, Native American mascot is very offensive. So I'm going to go ahead for you, people of color. And I'm going to go to the school board meeting, and I'm going to say that you have to change that mascot into something inoffensive. Meanwhile, there are Native Americans over here like, well, no, no, we kind of like that because we're a Cherokees, and the, the mascot is a Cherokee. And generally, when, uh, when teams use uh, uh, groups or whatever as mascots, it's to show power. It's not to make fun of them. It's meant to intimidate your enemy. So when you have the, uh, you know, the Cherokees or the, you know, the, the, the whatever, uh, it, it's generally, it, you're not there to make fun of yourself. Otherwise, the most popular... Team names would be like the Doofuses or something, you know? But it's not. It's not. Seminoles, Florida State Seminoles. Used to do this thing. I don't know if they do it anymore. They, they had this uh, Indian Brave come out. Yeah, I said Indian Brave, but whatever. Who the hell cares? Rides out on a horse. Full clad. Uh, traditional attire. Hurls a weapon of war for the, the Seminoles. A spear into the air. 40 yards. Right in the middle. Right in the middle of the field. Everybody goes crazy. You know why? Because that is a... An intimidation tactic, and it is a tribute to the person on that horse and the people that he stood for. You white people did all these terrible things. You know what? That was 150 years ago. I can't do anything about it. But that said, latte liberals, they're willing to step forward, be offended. They're willing to step forward and say what you should believe. And honestly, I know, I know that George Floyd died, but I think that we need to get rid of Aunt Jemima. Meanwhile, Aunt Jemima's family is like, uh, Aunt Jemima was great. She made us famous. She made our family a lot of money. She was a hero in our small town. What? No, no, no. I know you're offended because you are black, and I am not, and I'm a cul-de-sac living liberal, and I know better for you. And by the way, I know that you would be better off if we defunded the police. Damn. You think that came from inner city black people? No, 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 no. No, it came from people living out in the cul-de-sacs going, oh, those people getting shot by police all the time. We better defund those police. 
and Al Sharpton is calling them latte liberals. This is Al Sharpton on MSNBC. But black voters actually want more police officers. Rav, explain. I don't understand that. I don't know, maybe because without the uh, absence of police officers, neighborhoods descended to abject chaos and hell? I think that what is uh, being misread is that there is a misreading of wanting criminal justice reform and police reform and in wanting proper policing and as crime in spikes in some areas, even more policing. Oh, yeah, imagine that. Imagine that. that. See, that'd be the common sense thing to do is to want more policing. We just elected a black policeman, the mayor of New York, and he had overwhelming black support. So I think that, again, the latte liberals uh, are talking to the guy that gives them the syrup in their latte and not talking to the people that they claim they speak for. You need to speak to them. What about you, Mr. Sharpton, Reverend? What the hell have you done? For anybody, but show up for a funeral and cash in and then extort your way into a TV show and a radio show that nobody watches and nobody listens to because everybody's afraid of you. That's what Al Sharpton is all about, man. Now, I found this interesting piece. I don't know if it just popped up. It was Malcolm X being interviewed in the 1960s. And uh, here's what Malcolm X said this about, uh, about liberals in this country and people of color. He wasn't warning about conservative Republicans. He wasn't war, you know, because I hate to tell you this, MLK was a Republican. But this is Malcolm X. It is usually the, if you study the structure of the Negro community, economically, politically, civically, psychologically, and otherwise. By the way, this makes me appreciate Denzel's performance as Malcolm X even more, because it was freaking amazing. It's controlled by the white liberal. What, what, what? Let's back that up again. Hold on one second. It is usually the, if you study the structure of the Negro community, economically, politically, civically, psychologically, and otherwise, it's controlled by the white liberal who usually poses as the friend of the Negro. Uh, great society. You got to go to the government to get your check. I know this. My mom used to manage rental properties, and, and, uh, and they always had uh, people in uh, the Aid for Dependent Children. It was ADC. And, uh, and you could uh, get extra money if you have more children, but there can't be a dad in the house. Yeah, yeah, great society. Today, you could point to a large number of, of Negro leaders who have consistently betrayed Negroes in a whole host of areas. They aren't really Negro leaders. These are puppets that have... Oh, wait a minute. That sounds like it could be Al Sharpton he's talking about. ...been put in front of the Negro community by white liberals. These are parrots that have been put in front of the Negro community by white liberals. You yeah, kind of like uh, what they do on MSNBC. Can't name me a Negro leader who has been a Negro leader who has betrayed Negroes, who is not, who has not been endorsed, sanctioned, uh, subsidized, and supported by the white liberals. Wow, uh, he just described Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson to a T. Two A T. Your calls welcome eight hundred nine two two six six eight zero. Homer, you hold on. George, you hold on. You guys will be up next. This is the Rob Carson Show. To be a part of the Rob Carson Show, call one eight hundred nine two two sixty six eighty. That's one eight hundred nine two two sixty six eighty. So I think that, again, the latte liberals uh, are talking to the guy that gives them the syrup in their latte and not talking to the people that they claim they speak for. You need to speak to them.
whole host of areas. They aren't really Negro leaders. These are puppets that have been put in front of the Negro community by white liberals. These are parrots that have been put in front of the Negro community by white liberals. You can't name me a Negro leader who has been a Negro leader who has betrayed Negroes, who is not who has not been endorsed, sanctioned, uh, subsidized, and supported by the white liberals. One hundred percent. Think about all the uh, the black conservatives who are uh, shunned. Larry Elder, uh, Byron Donalds. Did you realize that Byron Donalds last year was prevented from joining the Congressional Black Caucus? Did you know that? You know what else? Did you hear that Myra Flores has been prevented from joining the Congressional Hispanic Caucus? Now, remember what I told you about uh, uh, leaders like Al Sharpton? They are more, they have more allegiance to the party than they do to the people. That's the case. Same goes with Congressional Black Caucus. They are there for blacks in general. They're there for the Democrat Party first. There's a candidate, I, I don't have her name in front of me right now, running in Indiana. They, they, the, black, uh, the, the, the Congressional Black Caucus endorsed the white Democrat over her because it's never been about helping the black community. It's never been. The Democrat Party has never been that, but they get some people on their side who are willing to get that vote. Get that vote for the Democrat Party. We'll make sure you got a cushy job. We'll make sure you're taken care of. All of that. And where has it gotten us? It's gotten us uh, with uh, crime out of control in the inner cities. A 13 times the national average black-on-black murder rate in the country. 60-70% abortion rate. More children, more black children being aborted before birth in cities like Washington, D.C. and St. Louis. And the Democrat Party shutting down any conversation with regard to conservative people of color. And making sure they don't get into the uh, Hispanic Caucus or the, uh, or the uh, Congressional Black Caucus. It's, it's remarkable how badly some have been played. But we won't be fooled again. Uh, let's go to George in Towson real quick here. George, uh, welcome to the show. Your thoughts today, please. How you doing, Rob? Good, good, good. I was an early follower of the walkaway movement back in uh, about six years ago. I came across Brandon, the founder's video, by accident. It's on YouTube or Rumble. It's called Brandon Straka, S-T-R-A-K-A, Why I Left the Democrat Party. Six minutes long. Everybody should go watch it twice because he really nails what the Democratic Party really is. And it's a yeah. fraud. I walked away back in... 27 years ago after I voted for Bill Clinton the first time. These yeah. people are out for their own power and their own dollars, and that's it. They are not out for the regular American anymore. But that site was on Facebook. There were about 509,000 people on that site. Yep. And it was testimonies written and video where people, mainly Democrats, saw what they woke up to see, and they walked away from the party. They were great videos. There was no trolling. There was no one giving anyone else a hard time. Sometimes people disagreed, but they did it kindly. And one morning, boom, the whole thing was gone. About 10,000 testimonies all gone. Because they didn't want to see people getting along and agreeing and coming together. And it was an awesome sight. But watch that video, everyone. Maybe you could put it up on your page. Brandon Straka, he pronounces it struck. S-T-R-A-K-A, why I'm the Democrat Party. Short and sweet. 
All right, bro. You're 100% right. That's what they're doing. And they can't get away with it. It's not going to happen. The, the, the wall is coming down. It's like the Berlin Wall. I was hoping that January 6th would be a Berlin Wall moment, a peaceful Berlin Wall movement, where the country would go, hey, we are so corrupt, we've got to turn this over. But the Democrats, of course, converted it into the Reichstag. Just do your do your research. Uh, this is the person I was talking about. Jennifer Ruth Green is running for Congress in Indiana. And she is a person of color. And the uh, Congressional Black Caucus is endorsing the white Democrat over here. Here's what she has to say about the Democrat Party and race. To and all of your campaigning that you know th that that conversation has stuck with you. Maybe somebody who had voted Democrat for a long time but is willing to make a change and back you instead. Here she is. Yes, there are so many members of the African-American community. In fact, we just put out a commercial and we had over 10 volunteers who said, I voted Democrat my whole life, but for the first time I am voting for you, Jennifer Ruth. And so that is such an encouragement to me. And I've had several people because I think what they're excited about is the reality that Hoosiers deserve better. Congressman Frank Mervan has not provided it and they cannot be uh, just fooled by the, the thought process that as he continues to purport a message of success, when we see the reality of the difficulties that his decisions have continued to cause. Yeah, look at the uh, inner cities in America. I mean, how much further can we descend? I'm seriously, how much further can it descend? Come on, man. Come on, man, in the uh, words of Joe Biden. All right, on the way, uh, some new polling that shows that Democrat, Republicans are pulling away in Florida and Arizona and other places. This is the Rob Carson Show. Driving snowflakes and candy aisle kids crazier every day. It's the Rob Carson Show. If America is so bad, if America is so it, it's such a terrible country to live in, why did 50 migrants die suffocated in a trailer to come seek a better life in this country? The grandson of Mexican migrants, Abraham Enriquez, says Democrats are losing support among Latino voters. Wow, you never realized that so many people of color could be so racist. Because their rhetoric is out of touch and that their policies allow for what he calls unrestricted immigration. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought that people of color, uh, brown people, would be completely down with an open border. He says hardline policies like those pursued by former President Donald Trump resonate with many voters like him. I think Latinos, we don't care really much what you say. It's what are you going to do, right? So, so many people are tired of politicians that just speak but don't act. And for the first time, we had this political outsider that came in and spoke a lot but acted even more. Oh, wait a minute. He's talking about Donald Trump. He's talking about Donald Trump. And, and one thing that I said about Donald Trump, the reason why I became a Donald Trump believer, because he was my last candidate. I mean, he was. I, I was a Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio and, he, and Donald Trump. And then I'm like, okay, well, all right, sure, we'll try it. We'll try it. I, I thought originally, well, when he does a you know, State of the Union, it's going to be great. I'll tell you that. And then I realized that he did something that politicians never do when they become president. What he said he was going to. What he said he was going to. It's resonating. I've also used another analogy with regard to the, uh, the Democrat Party and people of color. What the Democrat Party always does is they make promises and promises and things are going to get better and things are going to get better and this is going to be fixed and this is going to be fixed and you're going to get a phone and you're going to get this and you're going to get increased benefits and you're going to whatever, whatever, and then you go vote and the next morning the Democrat Party gets up and leaves some money on the dresser. That's essentially what happens. 
except for you got people like Al uh, Sharpton, you got people like Jesse Jackson, maybe not so much anymore, wrangling them votes, wrangling those people of color so they'll vote Democrat so Al Sharpton can get a lot richer. And the Congressional Black Caucus can, can be a lot richer and get book deals when they leave office and, and, uh, and, and move to Washington, D.C. and spend their whole lives there. The day after the election, they just leave some money on the dresser. Yep. This is uh, Bianca Gracia, Latinos for Trump, talking about why Donald Trump is popular and, and his, uh, his, his politics are becoming more popular with the Hispanic community. You know why, why Trump made just, just a huge, uh, created this huge momentum within the Hispanic community and why they, they came in overwhelming numbers? Because the one thing that we could recognize is that we, he was one of our mil mascaras. He was a luchador. Yeah. You know, yeah, he would I go up against every single, I mean, every yeah. single media, yeah. uh, world leader. And he didn't call Hispanics Latinx. That's really insulting. There's uh, Democrats, Republicans. I mean, everybody would come after him. Everybody. Do you think- and it was that, it was that punch, punch, you know, yeah, an uppercut, and he'd knock out, and he, but I'm like, going. I'm like, I'm oh, not- wait a minute, he's that kind of guy that's going to get up from that knockout, and he's going to come at you ten times harder. Yeah. That's what attracts a Hispanic. Uh, that oh, there you go. Wow, people like a strong person in the, uh, in the White House. Maybe a little uh, machismo, if it were. Thank you very much. Yeah, they don't want, uh, you know, uh, people who are born uh, men uh, uh, claiming to be women. I mean, nothing against you if you want to be feminine or whatever. But, you know, they, want, they, they don't mind Donald Trump doing what he said he was going to do when he got to office. And having the world go, holy crap, this guy means business. Right? A little bit of that going on. Let's go to uh, Buster in Santa Cruz. Hello there, Buster. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind? Hey, Rob. Hey, you know, I'm really uh, cracking up over here because I didn't... I had no clue that our vice president was from Berkeley. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I thought she grew up in the Oakland ghettos. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, what she, <laughs> I thought you'd love. You know yeah. what we call Berkeley, don't you? What? Berserkly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You know what? That is the most left-wing, radical place possibly in the United States. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, Rob, it explains a lot of her mentality. I'm not surprised how she turned out. And then another thing I want to add to all this is, you know, I'm listening. I'm taking everything in, what's happened to the children, and it's becoming more and more obvious they're trying to dumb everybody down. And Instead of taking us up, right, they're, they – Democrats are doing the complete opposite and trying to dumb us down, confuse the children. People got to realize that. They're confusing the hell. This is what really upsets me. And now, Rob, I know why the French call left a gauche. 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 (laughs) Yeah, that's not a good word to be gauche. Yes, I would rather be droit than gauche any day. I know this because I speak French. Je comprends, monsieur. Très bien. Aujourd'hui, uh, au revoir. Talk to you later. Let's go to Homer in Rising Sun, Maryland. Hello there, Homer. I know you've been holding for a while. What's on your mind today? Well, uh, the phrase race warlord goes with Al Sharpton, you know. That. Oh, yeah. That's nice. I like that. I've never heard that before. Oh, it's a famous term from way back when. I'm wow. A I didn't I know that. 76 today. Oh, congratulations. Right. Happy birthday, brother. 
Yeah, I, I don't forgive and I don't forget. I mean, I know these guys. I mean, the the, the, the uh, up and comers used to go and kiss uh, Al's ring every once in a while to get it, get their blessing. You got to remember that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's a lot of there's there are more than uh, there are more than enough uh, people of color Democrats willing to step forward and act like they are completely down with the struggle and they are uh, completely willing to be spokespeople for the entire uh, for the entire uh, group. You know that it, 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 this happens all the time, except for now we have uh, Karens, white liberals, willing to do the same thing. With uh, with regard to people of color, and people are finally uh, and finally getting. I know you had a thought also, by the way, about uh, uh, EVs. I know that uh, uh, you know uh, Kamala Harris thinks that electric buses are a good idea. You wanted to comment on, on that as well. Yes, I do. They had a show on TV, and I watched it because I didn't know that much about electric vehicles. Yeah. And it turns out the enemy of electric vehicles is water. Yeah. If you go in through high water and they show them blowing up on TV, yeah. especially this one bus exploded like a fireball, yeah. and these electric batteries are dangerous. And when when there's an when when there is a traffic accident with an electric vehicle, a lot of tow truck drivers don't like to pick them up because the suckers are liable to explode on them. Well, and also the uh, they burn really, really hot. It's almost kind of like a version of the China syndrome. You can dump thousands of gallons on a burning EV, and literally, fire departments are like, "You just got to let it burn out because there's no way you can put it out. It burns too hot." Yeah, they, they had a they had a picture one time of these uh, electric uh, bicycle place. Yeah, and as they were scanning it. All of a sudden, one of the suckers just sitting there, caught on fire, just out of nowhere. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't understand it. I mean, there's there's clearly a China connection here with regard to uh, electric vehicles and the heavy metals that are needed to uh, to uh, make China uh, these uh, the batteries and also the windmills. There's clearly a China connection. If you look at the Biden administration, there's no advantage to having an electric car. There is no advantage to having a purely electric vehicle. Right now, 85 percent of our power is derived from fossil fuels. You are plugging your car into a coal power plant. All right. If you have an electric car, electric cars are for posers. I'm just going to tell you. And if you get it, like, for instance, an, an, the F-150 Lightning, if you get that, you're going to have to get rid of it in a couple of years. A, the battery goes bad, probably 30 grand. And B, if you try to tow anything with it, your battery life plummets. If you try to drive up a hill, your battery life plummets. Okay. The, it is not ready for prime time. Electric vehicles have been around since the dawn of the automobile, and they decided to go the way of the uh, internal combustion engine because... EVs are for posers. Go ahead. Yeah, well, we got a. Go- I, I follow the gov- governor race here in Maryland, and I'm, I'm a Cox man. But the guy yeah. that's running against him came right out of his mouth. This, uh, ele- I'm for electric vehicles. I said, electric vehicles here in Maryland. Get away yeah. from me, will you please? I don't want to yeah. hear that. Yeah, Westmore is a joke. Westmore is a joke. And I'm going to tell you, there, I, I hope that there is the possibility of an upset in Maryland. It's going to be really hard because Maryland is controlled by bat guano crazy leftists who destroyed the children and the businesses during uh, COVID. It was led by a fat toad uh, rhino Republican who's done nothing to support Dan Cox. I know that early voting starts today. If you are going to vote, early vote in person in maryland and vote for dan cox got to run thanks for the phone call let's go to james in uh, in catonsville maryland a lot of maryland calls today uh, james what's going on man hey or jamie or is it jamie i'm sorry no problem 
You know, in retrospect, Mayor Scott and the rest of the liberals in Maryland are the worst. And in the words, and I'm going to quote Malcolm X, when the blacks vote 80% of the time into the Democrat Party, they are called chumps. And you can go on Larry Elder. He even has that on his yeah. page. Yeah. That's, and, and that's why Maryland is in, like Trump said, the asshole of society. Yeah. And Maryland has. Uh, when I li- Thank you very much. Thanks for the phone call, James. Appreciate it. Uh, when I lived in Maryland, I lived in Maryland for a dozen years. The longest I've lived in a state since I grew up in Iowa. Okay. Maryland's a lovely state. It's spectacular. Love Maryland. I mean, uh, you get out of the D.C. area. I love me some Baltimore. I, I used to take my kids up there to see ball games, go to the Inner Harbor. And Democrats have driven Baltimore into the pits of hell. There's a lot of wonderful things about the state of Maryland, but the politicians of Maryland make it suck. The Maryland General Asylum. They're bat guano crazy. When I was there, I moved, I think, seven years ago. They wanted to tax the amount of rain that falls on your driveway. Yeah, because the rainwater would end up in the Chesapeake Bay. Okay, I said, well, here's an idea. Let's put a harmless nuclear, uh, not nuclear, but a harmless um, radioactive isotope in just the water that falls on my driveway. And let's see if we can find it in the Chesapeake Bay at the end of the summer. Nobody took me up on it. But that's how bat guano crazy they are. And look at what's happened since I left. And I'm sure it's probably Maryland has descended to hell because I left. But I'm not going to take all the credit for it. <laughs> it's Democrat policies. And, and hopefully they're going to have a come to Jesus moment with regard to uh, Arizona. Carrie Lake, listen to this, blowing the uh, governor's race wide open ahead uh, by 11 over uh, her opponent, Katie Hobbs, who talks like a 12-year-old girl and, and isn't even as well informed as a 12-year-old girl. She is leading now. 54 to 45. Listen to this. Herschel Walker has regained his uh, largest lead over uh, Raphael Warnock, who for some reason should be Warlock. Raphael Warnock is, is the pastor at the Ebenezer Baptist Church. If you don't need, uh, if you need a better example of how uh, a charlatan has uh, taken over a congregation, I don't understand how this happens in such a legendary church that they would allow a man like this to be the pastor there, but it happened. It happened. He's essentially the Al Sharpton of the Ebenezer Baptist Church. Goes against everything that most of the congregants think with regard to uh, transgenderism, sexualization of children. I can go on and on. But somehow, he's in charge. Listen to this. Hold on. There's more. But wait. There's more. Uh, It looks like that. uh, Hold on. Oh, Charlie Crist is way behind. Charlie Crist is down by like 14 points. He's going to get curb stomped. Uh, so things are going in the right direction, provided that we can keep it, uh, keep it real, keep him from stealing stuff. I'm trying to think of any other polls that I have here. Yeah, it looks like DeSantis is way out in front. Uh, Charlie Crist is way, way, way back in the heat, about 14 points down. It looks like Marco Rubio is pulling out in front. And, and basically, it's all of these things coming together. It's a perfect storm for Democrats to get their arses handed to them. But then there's this stuff. For instance, Pennsylvania Democrat officials have mailed out 240,000 ballots to unverified voters. I shared this with you. Secretary of Commonwealth Lee Chapman, they discovered that 240,000 illicit ballots were sent out in the state prior to the 2022 midterm elections. There you go. There's got, then the, active, uh, the acting Pennsylvania Secretary of State warns of delays in counting midterm votes. Well, that's not acceptable. 
Secretary of State Lee Chapman, get your ass in gear and get those votes counted when they're cast. This is ridiculous. How dare you, considering how well-funded uh, governments are in this country, state governments, that you are saying that there are going to be delays in counting the midterm votes. Get your crap together. That's your job. And I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to do exactly what they did the last time. They're going to put off the count as long as possible till they can rustle up enough votes for the Democrats. And it's not going to happen. We won't be fooled again. Let's take a break and come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. has been trying to get you to hate America for 50 years. And we're fighting it and we're fighting it hard. Guess what? It ain't working. It's the Rob Carson Show. Yesterday, the vice president with a child like mine, Kamala Harris, said that she loves yellow school buses, just loves them and wants to electrify them, make them completely worthless so they don't start on cold days. So uh, Jim Gossett came up with this. Who doesn't love a yellow school bus, right? Can you raise your hand if you love a yellow school bus? I do. Just there's something about the, and and most of us, many of us went to school on the yellow school bus, (laughs) The wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round, round and round. Kamala Harris went on and on, on and on and on. Kamala loves a yellow bus, yellow bus, yellow, yellow bus. bus. I see it. How she made a great big fuss. This woman is a clown. The elevator don't reach the top, reach the top, reach the top. Kamala Harris has been a flop. Let's run her out of town. Like it. Her approval goes down and down, down and down, down and down. Support for her cannot be found. Why keep her? Embarrassment, embarrassment. Why is she vice president? Her denseness has no bounds. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to Todd in uh, Glen Barney, Maryland. Hello there, Todd. Welcome to the show. What's up? <laughs> I know, right? I know, because all I kept thinking was, I think Kamala rode the short yellow bus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not casting aspersions. I'm just I know, saying. I know. Yes. Um, but, uh, no, the reason I called is you had mentioned um, approval ratings yes. uh, for Biden, and I think you said it was 38 or 39 percent. 39 percent, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I just fell out of my chair when I heard that. I'm like, how can it even be 3.9 percent at this point? Well, listen, like, if you, now listen, listen, you, you've got 90 percent of the people saying that uh, the economy sucks. You've got 70 percent of the people saying that the, the country's going the wrong direction, yet 40 percent approve of Joe Biden. How the hell does that happen? Right. It doesn't make sense. I mean, are these, who? It's a bullcrap. What, what is this polling? How does this happen? Like, how it's, it's it bullcrap. We're 75, 90% or whatever it is, you know, the country's moving in the wrong direction, but almost 40% of people approve of this utter buffoon. 
Yeah, it's it's nonsense. It's nonsense, Todd. It's all made up. It's all kabuki theater. You know, Donald Trump, <clears throat> very popular president, but he he you know he could breach forty percent every once in a while. But you knew that the support was certainly much better than this doofus we have in the White House. It's all nonsense. His approval rating is always in favor of Democrats, and it gets pretty bad when you are down below fifty percent as a Democrat because you know it's much lower than that. We got to run. Let me go to a, a Glenn in Catonsville real quick. Uh, Glenn, you got about uh, about uh, forty five seconds. Go ahead. Okay, I just wanted to mention the term about white, um, white the latte liberal saviors of the colors yes. of people. Yes, uh, yes, yes. The, the very term Native American they've got us to use is a construct of white latte liberals. Yes. American Indians prefer to be called American Indians next to their tribal identification. In fact, a lot of them, according to surveys, say that the term Native American is pejorative and, and paternalistically racist. Uh, yep. Because they have embraced the term American Indians, and it's the white liberals who made made everybody call them Native Americans. Yeah, you know what, my dad, stepfather, uh, he was his his grandmother was a full blooded Cherokee Indian, and she he never called her a Native American. She was a Cherokee. He was proud of his Cherokee blood. All right, we got to take a break. This is the Rob Carson Show. Back in a sec. They called us deplorables. They shut down our country. Oh, we ain't gonna take it. They say our thoughts are disinformation. This is our response, the Rob Carson Show. And this is the final hour of this radio program. If you get a chance to, we do a podcast, and I, and I realize that your time is valuable, and sometimes you can't catch uh, you know, all the show and all that. I appreciate that you're here in real time, but if you want to hear the whole show, the guests, the satire, and all of that, uh, we're on all the platforms, guys. It's growing very well. It's uh, it's becoming one of the most popular conservative podcasts in the country, and it's still growing. We're still on our infancy. The podcast has been around for a year and a half. The show's been around for a year, and uh, and so uh, people are enjoying, I think, the mix of humor and and all of that, and and uh, you know, we try to make something uniquely entertaining for you. And also, another thing that I get from a lot of people is you're not afraid to say stuff. And I'm not afraid to say stuff. I've waited my entire life to get here. I'm not going to be told by a government bureaucrat that I can't say that the 2020 election was stolen. No, no bullcrap. I absolutely can. 100%. I could say it. Mm-hmm. Try and tell me I can't. But unfortunately, a lot of shows have gone, okay, well, I won't say anything. Really? No, no. If I see something that is really suspicious, if I gather my own uh, you know, research, if the media won't cover it, if the media immediately calls something that I think disinformation or misinformation, I realize they know I'm right. So there you go. Uh, NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. And I do a TV show. We just wrapped on my uh, latest episode of the show. It runs uh, over the weekend, and it's called Rob Carson's What in the World? And uh, we were doing that show a year before Gutfeld. Thank you very much. Uh, on the weekends, and uh, in that time, we become the, uh, well, Donald Trump says I'm the funniest person on TV. And uh, Dr. Michael Savage says that he loves the show. So at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast and then watch for the TV show. Uh, did you see Elon Musk carrying a sink into the Twitter HQ? And he changed his profile name to Chief Twit. 
And uh, it, but he had to actually buy that. You know, a lot of times they used to have those dot uh, com names where you like you. I want cake dot com or I want you know whatever dot com, and he had somebody else owned it. Well, apparently. Um, Head Twit, no, Chief Twit was owned by Kamala Harris, uh, and he had to he had to pay. I don't know what, exactly what the money was, but she owned she owned Tweet Teeth Twit, I guess. Uh, anyway, he walks in. He's carrying a sink. He's carrying a sink, and you're wondering why the heck that is. Well, he, he says uh, as he captioned his tweet, he says, "Entering Twitter HQ, let that sink in." I think this is incredible, and this is the beginning of the fall of conservative apartheid in this country. And, and more importantly, it's a rebirth of freedom of expression because we have come the closest to what I would consider uh, Pravda and Izvestia as we ever have in the last two years. And the really sickening thing about it is that big social media and our mainstream media were down with it, 100%. And the reason being is we're spoiled here. Uh, we're spoiled here. We think, you know, we, uh, a lot of times we, we have these you know, $800, $1,200 phones in our pockets. I got a supercomputer right there. I got a, uh, I don't know how, how much was, this was, but, but my wife got it for me. And uh, it's an iPhone and all of that. And we think because, oh, man, if I got a $1,200 pocket, a phone in my pocket, then, uh, then nothing bad can happen to me. The United States is cool, and we'll always be uh, the land of plenty. We'll also, we always have food on the shelves, and we'll, everything will be cool. We'll be free. Well, I hate to tell you this, uh, that ain't the way things work. That ain't the way things work. We still live in a very cruel world that is completely down with genocide. Ask Vladimir Putin. Ask Xi Jinping. Ask whoever the hell's running with uh, 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 Raul Castro in Cuba, whoever the hell's running it now. There is still great evil in the world, and that great evil, listen, we're right now 250 years in. A lot of countries fall after 250 years. And if we allow the media, the, 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 listen, the First Amendment is the greatest piece of legislation in the history of the world. I know, I get it, Bill of Rights, get it, get it, get it. But, but for the first time it was quantified that anyone can say anything. Truth to power. First time in history. And what happened? We moved from horse buggies and traveling across the country in three months with half of the uh, people in your party dying of diphtheria or dysentery to flying across the country in three hours, four hours, depending on where you're from. We went from uh, uh, outdoor plumbing, crapping in a shed, to sending people to the moon and playing golf. And you can definitely tie that to Amendments 1 and 2 to start, freedom of expression, and the ability to uh, protect yourself and your property away from a tyrannical government. Those are some of the amazing things that happened because of this country. And all of it can go away like that. But the mainstream media, they decided to bed down with the Democrat Party. And, and big social media, they decided to bed down with the Democrat Party. And they thought they could tamp down thought. Everybody thought about everything. Call it misinformation, disinformation, created disinformation bureau. Do it all. We'll shut this thing down. And I've likened it to a twister board where the individual circles are catching fire. 
And the person playing Twister is the mainstream media, and then there's big social media playing, and there's a Democrat party. And right hand yellow says that uh, that people of color are leaving the Democrat party. Oh my God, we got to put that out. Put your right hand over there. Oh crap, left foot green, which says that Hispanics have to vote uh, uh, liberal and Democrat, and that Hispanics are going to be uh, for uh, open borders. Well, no, that just went up in flames because they don't. So son of a gun, and now the whole damn board is on fire. And there's no way to put the cap back on this genie bottle because it's out. It is out. You've been flim-flammed. You've been bamboozled. You've been hornswoggled. With regard to COVID, school shutdowns, with regard to green energy, with regard to the southern border, I can go on at Hunter's laptop, the election of 2020, the election of 2016, Russia collusion, et cetera, et cetera. All of those were spaces on the burning twister board. And now the whole damn thing's on fire. And Elon Musk is taking over Twitter. And he's saying that he's going to fire 75% of the employees. And that is very cold-hearted and cruel. I think he should fire everybody. I do. 100% wholesale firing across the board for the abuses and usurpations this media company has perpetrated on its followers and the American people and people around the world, working with the government to shut down speech about things like Hunter Biden's laptop. I hope he fires every one of them. Every damn one of them brings his own team in. I saw a video online, this, uh, this new uh, Twitter employee going into a Twitter building. And so they, got the, the, they literally have a wine dispenser over here, and then they got a, a meditation room over here, and then you go in to get the gourmet lunches and everything and all of that. And Twitter made the mistake of thinking that if you, if you do all of this for your employees and your millennial uh, employees will, will immediately perform more, but they don't. They become more demanding, and they take it for granted. At least they have it. Twitter, I'm not saying to miss about all millennials. Don't get me wrong. I was called a slacker back in the 90s. But uh, there's going to be a bellwether shift. And uh, a lot of people are, um, are leaving Twitter, but a lot of people are going to come back. A lot of people are going to come back, including Donald Trump, hopefully. Although he's got Truth Social now. He might just come back to stick it to uh, Twitter. This is, a big, this is a big deal. And this has impacted my life. It's probably impacted yours as far as freedom of expression. And, uh, and I'm glad he's taken over. And I hope he fires everybody. I know it's really cruel. You know what? Hey, do like uh, Joe Biden said, the Keystone XL uh, pipeline workers. It is find something else. Get some retraining. Get some retraining. Yeah. Oh, and then there's this. The, uh, the, the new boss at CNN uh, used to be uh, Jeff Zucker. Uh, no, it's Zucker. It was Zucker. It was Zucker. He said it was Zucker like hooker. So uh, Chris Licht. I think I'm going to leave that one alone. But he's saying that uh, he is accelerating the plan to slash parts of the woke network before 2023 warns workers they face unsettling changes that won't be easy. Widespread concern about the global economic outlook, and we must factor that risk into our long-term planning. Look what they've done to their uh, their primetime lineup. And the most recent uh, uh, treat of fall is Don Lemon moving to Morning Drive, where he'll be talking about delightful summer recipes, which is generally what they do in Morning Drive. <laughs> but uh, CNN apparently has about 4,500 employees, and uh, a lot of them are going to go, bye-bye, bye-bye, because they've just become kind of uh, tools of the party. 
and they're not profitable. Twitter was never profitable. Twitter's always been a joke. Oh, I, I mentioned this earlier. Ron DeSantis is leading Charlie Chris 53-39 to 39 by 14 points. Uh, Marco Ruby is uh, reading, uh, leading Val Demings 54-43. to 43. Uh, Races that we cannot take for granted, but it looks like they're moving in the right uh, direction. Let's go to Fred in Jacksonville, Florida. Fred, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Hey, Rob. How you doing? Good, buddy. Hey, uh, Rob, those people in the Northeast, uh, yeah. they, better, they better vote correctly. Um, uh, in a couple weeks. Fred, it's uh, going to be a long, cold winter in the Northeast. They're rationing fuel oil. Yeah, and they're sitting under trillions upon trillions of tons of natural gas <laughs> in New York State. I know, I know. Yeah, uh, there, there's a lot of stuff happening. Uh, did you hear this? Diesel supplies are very scarce across the Northeast and the Southeast. They're at the lowest seasonal level for the first time for this time of the year, and the U.S. has 25 days left of the industrial fuel, fuel in storage. So uh, I think, Fred, I think this is, I think this is uh, deliberate. Oh, yeah. I re- I re- I, it has to be. Mm-hmm. It, it has oh, to yeah. be. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I hope they do, too, because um, they're going to be in a world of hurt. The country's going to be in a world of hurt, to be quite honest, Fred. And we've got to vote these bastards out of office before they can do any more damage. And we've got to effectively neuter uh, uh, Joe Biden's second, uh, uh, the second half of his term. Well, I did my part on Monday. Oh, you voted in person? Yeah. Good deal, good deal. I'm assuming you voted for Mr. DeSantis. Oh, absolutely. And <laughs> Mr. Rubio? Oh, Yeah. And how was it? Let me ask you about the voting. So you go in in person and you vote. Uh, did they have people in line? Were they ready to go? No, they, it was, they, everyone was moving very quickly. Yeah, yeah. They were. They, uh, the, peop, the people there were very organized. It was moving very quickly. The parking lot was full of cars. Wow, wow. And I thought I was going to have to wait in line, but no, they, they yeah. uh, were very organized. Very good. Well, I have a feeling, Fred, that on Election Day it's going to be nuts because people want to be seen voting in person. They are, even if they don't request an ID, I show my ID anyway. They go, well, we don't need that. Well, I want you to see who I am so you know I'm not Uh cheating. There you go. And that's the way it's going to be. That's the way it's going to be, Fred. Hey, man, thanks for the call. Do appreciate it. Let's take a break. Uh, Gina, you'll be up next. We'll get more into this uh, supply uh, problem with regard to fuel and and what could be happening very soon. We'll get to that after this on the Rob Carson Show. Say it loud and proud. Let's go, Brandon. It's the Rob Carson Show. By the way, our uh, vice president yesterday uh, came out in support of uh, electric school buses. A billion dollars of your money going to be spent on worthless electric school buses that uh, if you've ever driven a school bus, I haven't actually, but you got to go out in the freezing cold in wintertime in different states, you know, like Minnesota. And uh, those electric school buses are going to be worth absolutely D-word. Uh, you know that a lot of municipalities around the country have these uh, natural gas buses. They seem to work very well. Why in the hell can't they, can't, why can't, why can't they do that with school buses? They're going to go with worthless school buses with poisonous batteries that cannot be fixed. It's a joke. It's a joke. But, you know, our, uh, our vice president has the mind of a child. So we've created this. Who doesn't love a yellow school bus, right? Can you raise your hand if you love a yellow school bus? I right? do. Just, I do, Miss Camelot. There's something about the, and, and most of us, many of us went to school on the yellow She's school bus. She's like a child. Right? 
The wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round, round and round. Kamala Harris went on and on, on and on and on. Gather round, kids. Kamala loves a yellow bus, yellow bus, yellow bus. How she made a great big fuss, this woman is a clown. Everybody say. The elevator don't reach the top, reach the top, reach the top. Kamala Harris has been a flop, let's run her out of town. Her approval goes down and down, down and down, down she and down. She does go down. for her cannot be found. Right. Why keep her around? Her ratings, actually. She's a big embarrassment, embarrassment, embarrassment. Why is she vice president? Her denseness has no bounds. <laughs> That is new from uh, Jim Gossett because uh, Kamala Harris is uh, bragging about uh, electric school buses that nobody wants. Billion dollars, your money. Thousand million dollars. One thousand million dollars for school buses that won't start in the wintertime. There you go. Kind of funny. I want to mention something real quick. Powerful Living is this uh, wonderful uh, company, America's leading provider of solar generators. And I just got for my house and you know, I've been very lucky because I've, I've been bitten in the butt by a lot of things. Real estate bubbles. This time I said I'm going to be out in front because I'm worried about where we're going to be. So I got this little power source 1800. It is the first off the grid breakthrough in 50 years. And it's just, it's, uh, let me just try, it looks like, uh, well, I'll just call it R2D2. <clears throat> it's a little stackable generator and you can hook it up to solar panels and you can charge it up and you can have it in your house. You can literally bring the generator into your house, has three 110 outlets on it, and it'll cover, you know, uh, things like your computer, your refrigerator, lighting, some heating, and whatnot. Little bitty generator, absolutely wonderful. Put the panels outside, solar panels outside, bring the generator indoors. And if we need to bug out, if we need to go, like, for instance, if there's a, if there's a crisis, I can bring my little electric generator wherever I go. 1,800 watts of electricity at peak power. It's absolutely amazing, and you can store it anywhere, and it comes with these little solar panels. And I'm going to tell you, unlimited power supply makes it a must-have for computers, for life-saving medical equipment, the whole deal. Endless supply of electricity for your chosen appliance or device. I got mine. I'm going to be sharing it on social media, and I know that at least if things go south with regard to the power grid, I at least will be able to keep... The necessity is going in my home with a generator that I don't need to start up. It makes noise and has fumes coming out of it. I just need to plug it in, bring it in. There you go. Uh, if you want to check this, uh, this great company out and see what I have, just go to RobOffGrid.com. Uh, RobOffGrid.com. Use the coupon code ROB, my name. Get over $1,500 in free off-grid bonuses. I'm going to tell you guys. I uh, am very glad to have this. I've never had anything like this in my life. I've always thought about having an electric generator. I've always thought about having a backup. And this is wonderful. Powerful living. RobOffGrid.com. Use coupon code ROB. Get over $1,500 in free off-grid bonuses. I can take this thing, put it in the back of the truck, go to, literally, I can go to a tailgate party and use it. It's got enough power to run, you know, whatever I need there. Or if you desperately need it in your home when the power goes down, boom. Boom! So, back to uh, the crisis with regard to uh, diesel. 
So uh, this is according to Tyler Durden. Um, The diesel supply is very scarce across the northeast and the southeast. Supplies are at the lowest seasonal level for this time of the year. 25 days of diesel in storage left. President Biden is selling off our strategic petroleum reserves, selling a million barrels to China. Do you think this is by accident? This is a Mansfield Energy Comet. They they deliver fuel, all right? So you get these uh, diesel trucks, and they go out, and these trucks, they deliver diesel. They deliver fuel. They say because conditions are rapidly devolving and market economics are changing uh, significantly each day, Mansfield is moving to alert level four to address market volatility. Mansfield is also moving the southeast to code red, requesting 72-hour notice for deliveries when possible to ensure fuel and freight can be secured at economical levels. Uh, feces meet fan, fan meet Feces. This could mean that the U.S. diesel market is so tight that supplies are running very low in certain areas. The crisis has sent supplies of the industrial fuel that power the economy from trucks to vans to generators to freight chains to trackers to the lowest tractors to the lowest level ever for this time of year. Now do you understand why this administration is pushing people toward worthless electric vehicles? Worthless. And they are already rationing fuel oil in the Northeast. A lot of people in Maine, Massachusetts, have fuel oil in their home. That's what they use. And it's gone through the ceiling. It's gone nuts. All right, more on this. Uh, And a special guest. Oh, John Stewart also says that Hunter Biden could be a crook. I know, I know. A little late to the party. This is The Rob Carson Show. setting president joe biden setting record low approval ratings what the democrats have put our nation through it is a sad day it's the rob carson show we have a special guest on the newsmax hotline his name is christian Witten. he's a former senior advisor in the trump and bush administrations senior fellow at the center for national interest newsmax contributor and he joins us on the hotline now good morning christian how are you doing today Good, Rob. How are you doing? I'm going good. We were talking off the air a little bit about uh, what's going on with regard to uh, Joe Biden and making us energy dependent again. Uh, This morning, I hear the uh, leader of Saudi Arabia essentially saying uh, that uh, draining your strategic petroleum reserve, not such a good idea. This after yesterday, it was uncovered. And I mean, this has already been out in the open. Uh, Joe Biden officially did go to Saudi Arabia to get Saudi Arabia to not decrease production before the election, which is essentially an in-kind contribution. Uh, the Saudi Arabia, uh, you know, by, by, by keeping production up, making uh, gas prices lower in our country uh, to, the, uh, to the positive of, uh, of Joe Biden. But they said no. But they said no. Uh, what do your uh, insights say with regard to uh, what's happening in the world oil markets and what's coming to the United States? Well, the Saudis, it's interesting. Everyone thinks that they were sticking it to Biden because they want him to actually be set back in midterm elections. I'm not entirely sure. I think the Saudis look at just the the obscenely stupid economic policies and energy policies in Europe, the United States. They see both places going into recession, probably China, too, or at least Chinese growth is at near zero thanks to their, their COVID zero policies. So yeah. when Saudi cuts oil production in conjunction with OPEC Plus, it might be because they just don't want the price of oil to go down that much. It's it, price of oil is very susceptible to whether the economy is growing or not and could drop to from 80 where it is now 80 plus down to 40 pretty quickly but you know regardless of sort of the the factors of the market politically 
how Joe Biden has just completely mismanaged this relationship. They came in with this woke foreign policy. Listen, I used to be a human <laughs> rights guy. Yeah. Uh, I believe in, in standing up for human rights as Americans, but uh, that also has to be realistic and fair. Um, you know, who's worse at human rights? Saudi Arabia, which has actually come a long way in 10 or 20 years, or Iran, or yeah. China, or Venezuela. Um, anyway, Biden goes, he does the fist bump. A bunch of bankers just went over there for what they call Davos in the desert. Saudi Arabia made clear that they're going to keep engaging with Saudi Arabia. Now, this is the world's largest exporter of oil. And since we're at loggerheads with the Russians, uh, thanks to, I would say, Biden's failures and the Venezuelans and others, you know, there are only so many of these countries you can completely alienate um, before it starts affecting average Americans. Christian, I got to ask you this, because it is absurd. The, the thought that we have to go to Saudi Arabia like we have gone hat in hand for so many years with OPEC. Now it's OPEC plus, kind of like LGBTQ plus. Uh, but OTE, OPEC plus, we, we have to. Be, what the hell? I mean, people aren't buying this, right? You don't think people are actually buying that uh, we don't have any oil here? We don't have any natural resources here? I mean, honestly, this is all Falderall. This is all Kabuki theater. But we're so. They, I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. The, the American people surely know that we have plenty of fossil fuels right here. It's just this administration, for their own Green New Deal purposes, I guess, making us, for some inane reason, uh, uh, energy dependent on our enemies. Right. So many people in Washington want to pretend like the Trump administration never happened. Uh, and that includes when it comes to the energy renaissance, which is a key part of the economic renaissance, those three fat years before uh, COVID, when we got back up to 3% annual growth, everyone said that was impossible. Peak oil in the United States, or peak energy at peak oil, um, is 2019. We haven't gotten back to that level since. And it's not because the oil isn't there. It's because the administration drags its heels on permits. But even worse, has been browbeating quite successfully with the help of their Wall Street political allies, anyone who wants to invest in energy production in the U.S. So it's still more than a million barrels per day less than where we were at the 2019 Trump peak. And uh, that has an effect. It does make us more susceptible to foreign um, uh, oil exporters and to, to swings in the market. You know, you can go around and say, well, we're still close to being a net exporter, but that's because of natural gas. When it comes to oil, we need to produce more and we can produce more. Uh, and, you know, I think people are actually smart enough to put two and two together because they know they're paying four or five bucks for regular and up to six bucks for diesel now. Yeah, and yeah. that didn't happen during Trump. No. And uh, and I think it's a, an intentional hobbling of our economy. I mean, there's no reason that there's no uh, there's no reasonable excuse for the nonsense that this administration has perpetrated on the American people other than that they hate America. They want to uh, instead of uh, raising the boats of other countries, lower ours. This is classic uh, socialism slash communism. Uh, let's talk a little bit about um, about uh, what's going on with regard to Ukraine and Russia, why we are so deeply embedded with Ukraine on this. We are fighting a de facto war, uh, but we, we are, we're very close to actually fighting a war with Russia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and some Democrats decided they would step out in front of this and say, hey, maybe we can negotiate with Russia before this goes south with regard to our involvement. Why don't you tell us what you know about that? 
Right. I believe it was 30 members of the, the progressive caucus. So the more left leaning uh, individuals in Congress saying not that we should actually cut off Ukraine or maybe tell the Europeans that they, with their 20 trillion dollar economy, almost as big as ours and 400 people, 400 million people bigger than our population, maybe out of you know, be in the poll position on this rather than the American taxpayer funding. And all they just said is we should try diplomacy. And that's what, you know, has been missing for the last six years. It used to actually be the Democrats who were saying, you know, it's kind of risky with Russia and its big nuclear arsenal. Let's keep the channels of communication open. Uh, we can still be tough. We can still be strong. We can definitely still stand up for our interests, but let's talk. Anyway, their letter was something to that effect. And it got turned around. It took one, less wow. than a day and they retracted it. They said, oh, it's a staffer. You know, always blame the staff. It's a staffer. Yes, of course. This was from long ago. <laughs> and, you know, what does that leave us? As you point out, where Russia sees us as, as fighting them. Uh, they know all the targeting and advanced weapons comes from us. Uh, why do we have vital national interests in Ukraine? I'd argue we don't. I seem to be no. a minority on that. But, you know, um, we're uh, instead of. Uh, think of think of the 40 billion we spent. We could have had like 10 additional nuclear attack subs, keeping the peace and deterring war with China in the Pacific for that price. And instead, we're just uh, letting the Europeans off the hook and sending it to Kiev. Well, it's because uh, there's uh, what's I'm trying to put this gingerly here. Um, money laundering, I think, is the word I'm looking for. Uh, you you look at a country that is known is known internationally as one of the most corrupt places that the oligarchs of the world can go and launder their money. Uh, you've got a connection between the Biden administration or Hunter Biden and Burisma, among other things. Uh, even John Stewart admitted, hey, man, maybe uh, maybe the Biden family's corrupt. Uh, do you think, I think, um, that since we aren't getting an itemized list of where our money is, since I've had people on the ground in Ukraine call me and say the money's not getting there, what do you suppose a lot of this money is uh, is going to pay off people, is going to launder money, maybe even result in uh, comfortable retirements for people leaving Congress after this uh, election? Yeah, I think you're, you're probably seeing a lot of it go to bank accounts in, uh, I don't know if Zurich is the destination or anymore, or if it's <laughs> Dubai or Malta or somewhere else, but um, clearly it, it doesn't seem like that uh, level of funding has made, you know, has made itself to the front lines in, in, in terms of material. Uh, and it was, again, it's not, this isn't a conservative point of view. Uh, lefty organizations like Transparency International have long rated Ukraine as very, very corrupt. Yes. And I know we, we're, we are required to regard Captain Undershirt Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, as the reincarnation of Winston <laughs> Churchill. Uh, but, but Captain Undershirt runs a pretty repressive government. He does yeah. not allow open dissent. He's rounded up the opposition. They do control the media. They're great at propaganda. Uh, a lot of the Western media eats it up. And listen, I'm very sorry. It's, it's cruel what Russia has done to them. Um, but they're, they're unfortunately, and this is, I think, part of human nature, is a tremendous amount of cruelty instability and one nation picking on another and we as the united states cannot be the world policemen especially no. not alone and we have you know serious problems with with governments like china and iran that have to be focused on in addition we need to stop start spending a lot less generally we finally found the point where federal spending causes more inflation yeah so the idea we're just throwing more at ukraine i think is nuts yeah and i want to also mention that uh, liz warren was confronted by uh, people yelling at her saying uh, you're moving us toward a nuclear war uh, 
Uh, this happened to AOC about a week ago. Uh, and clearly, left-leaning liberals are uh, very concerned about this accelerating. And you would think that they, they normally you know, they march right along with the party. Um, what, do you, what do you think about the, the protests and what do you think about the possibility that this could become something unimaginable? Well, it's very interesting. Recently, the convergence between people like Liz Cheney, a warmonger par excellence who wants us really involved in it. For after her, we be at war in Libya today, in Syria, which we are, in Somalia, which we are, but on a bigger scale, in Iraq against Iran, et cetera. You know, the list goes on. And during Donald Trump, the convergence of Democrats and those neoconservatives was somewhat, you know, startling and essentially prevented Trump from doing serious diplomacy with Russia or any real diplomacy with Russia. You may recall they wanted to depose his translator to make sure he didn't say anything uh, disapproving, uh, um, you know, with Putin. Um, <laughs> if the Democrats are going to at least part of them rediscover their traditional um, reticence for America to be everything to everyone, that would be a welcome development and, and appeal to voters. But so far, uh, we're not seeing it. And, the, and no. the members of the House who, who who sort of at least furtively attempted it certainly got turned around in a real hurry. Yeah. A um, couple of things. Uh, the Nord Stream pipeline. What happened to the sabotage of the Nord Stream pipeline? Just disappeared off of the uh, <clears throat> off of the headlines. I mean, it could have been the what the worst environmental disaster we've seen forever. The green people were not uh, complaining about this. I said there would be no compelling reason for uh, for Vladimir Putin to blow up the Nord Stream pipeline because he could just turn it off. Uh, what are your thoughts yeah. on that? And, and where did that story go? Yeah, it, it disappeared awfully fast, sort of like, and again, I, I, I'm not let, trying to let Russia off the hook, but you remember that uh, a woman was killed in a car bomb in Russia. Her father was a civilian, non-combatant, not a member of the military, just a defense intellectual. Um, and it seems very much that Ukraine, in fact, this is now assumed, uh, tried to kill him. I mean, that does make Ukraine a state sponsor of terrorism who managed to kill the daughter of someone they were actually going after. Yeah, um, you know, with the pipeline, uh, so you know, the, but that stuff drops off the headlines, and the pipeline has too. Uh, some people have speculated that dissidents uh, within Russia um, did that in order to force Putin's hand. Um, you know, it does seem more likely that it would benefit Ukraine if they were worried about Germany going soft, about eventually this winter saying, "Okay, we can't." have our people going cold and our factories shut down Mm -hmm. uh, because we can't get gas. So sorry, Ukraine, we're going to reopen the pipeline. Um, The flip side is Ukraine doesn't really have access to the Baltic and and it would be logistically probably hard for them to do it, which sort of leads to speculation that the Poles may have. I find it, again, difficult that they would have done that without consulting us. But, you know, someone knows the answer to this. But uh, it seems like our media and politicians aren't trying to find out who. Now we see the GDP has grown by 2.6% in the last quarter and much of that is attributed to uh, uh, fossil fuel exports and military uh, hardware exports. Um, do you suppose that uh, natural gas, uh, they, and I heard this possibly, uh, natural gas is kind of propping up the GDP because uh, there is a crisis in Europe and the U.S. is the country that can pull through and this is a way for Biden to prop up his otherwise miserable economy? 
That's right. And of course, they deny that the previous two quarters where the economy contracted was a recession. It's a nice yes, piece of obfuscation. Exactly, exactly. Um, right. GDP is measured by consumption plus investment plus government spending and then net exports, which for us is almost always a negative number. And this is a one time occurrence where exports were good. That's that's already turning around because with yeah. the dollar so strong, it actually makes our exports to other countries more expensive and it makes it cheaper for us to buy imports. So that number is going to get a lot worse. Um, Biden may like this, although it doesn't seem like he's going to get a bounce. And actually, the market, which started up today, uh, turned around somewhat. Um, but I think what it, it also sets a higher bar for the next quarter. And, and everyone uh, across the political spectrum seems to think we're going into an even bigger slowdown. So yeah, look and, for uh, recession. And, and in layman's terms, if uh, if the fourth quarter, which should give me a uh, should be a gimme, uh, goes south, then uh, you're you know you're pretty much screwed. Uh, listen, Christian, I appreciate your time today. I'd love to have you on again sometime. Where can we find? Where can the audience find you and your work, sir? Oh, well, I usually um, publish stuff at on um, uh, Substack at Super Macro and got it, got a fellow it. at the Center for the National Interest. So publish a lot of stuff there and around on other outlets. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. Have a glorious weekend. If I don't talk to you before the election, Godspeed and God bless. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate it. All right. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Biden's first year in office summed up in three words. Welcome back, Carter. That's not right. It's not fair to us. And honestly, it's not fair to the world. It's the Rob Carson Show. So uh, John Stewart, he uh, he actually went on the Stephen Colbert show a couple months ago and said, well, uh, I think the uh, virus came from the lab in Wuhan. And, uh, of course, Stephen Colbert, who's a uh, political tool, who's, I mean, whizzed on the grave of Johnny Carson and Jack Parr and the great uh, names of uh, of uh, late-night television, uh, he couldn't believe that John said that. And John, in response, said, well, duh. Well, John also did another no, duh. Says it's Hunter Biden's laptop and his uh, $1 million position on the board of the Ukrainian gas company was uh, was corruption. I know, I know, hard to believe, right? As far as, like, look, Hunter Biden being on the board of... Uh, Burisma. Uh, to me, that's corruption straight up off the bat. Earlier. Oh, well, you know, I wish you would have done that where you had your daily show there, John. Again, it, it's kind of interesting, and, and maybe this is a move. Maybe this is a shift. But Bill Maher has been... He's not leaning more conservative, but he is leaning a little more common sense. And when you can lean into common sense, then you lean into the conservative agenda. It's common sense. That's 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 the the thing. People want common sense again. It's not it's not sensible to think that an eighteen year or an eight year old girl because she's a tomboy should go on puberty blockers and then get a hysterectomy and a mastectomy before she goes through freaking puberty. That's not common sense. It's not common sense to have an open border. It's not common sense to uh, to spend so much as far as our government is concerned. It's not common sense to uh, make us uh, energy dependent on others. So common sense is making a, a comeback, and, uh, and leftism is going to be stomped out of existence. It's got to. It's got to be. It has to be. We have to stop this administration now for what they're doing to the country. And if we don't do it on November the 8th, we got two years to stop it. High school football coach suspended seven years ago for praying with players. 
has been uh, reinstated to the Washington State Public High School Football Association. Yeah, it only took seven years. I think he's actually going to go to uh, one of the uh, the weddings of some of his uh, former team, uh, you know, the members on his, uh, his team. But his name is Joseph Kennedy. Here's the story. A major Supreme Court ruling on religious freedoms and the First Amendment. The court sided with a Washington State high school football coach who kneels and prays on the field after games, often with students. The court declined to take Joseph Kennedy's case in 2019, but its new conservative majority accepted it this year. They ruled 6-3, to three, saying the school district violated his First Amendment rights. Imagine that! When he was let go. This is a right for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're this religion or that religion or have no faith whatsoever. Yes. Kennedy says he wants to be back on the field. Meanwhile, the case marks the second win for religious freedoms by the Supreme Court last week. And it sucks to be a Democrat who wanted to pack the court with a bunch of commie libs who hate the Constitution. Ha, 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 hee, ho, ha, 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 ha. This on the day after Elon Musk went into the uh, Twitter headquarters and and uh, brought a sink with him. And, and, uh, and CNN Plus blowing up. It's happening, guys. It's happening around the country. And we're going to put an exclamation point on it on November the 8th. Let's take a break. Come back and wrap things up. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. All right. Oh, by the way, PayPal has reinstated its policy to fine users $2,500 from their accounts if they spread misinformation. Delete your PayPal account. I did a couple weeks ago. But by PayPal, uh, you don't get to play anymore. Screw you. Uh, also, I want to mention uh, Powerful Living. If you want to check out the generator that I have my for my home, the PowerSource 1800, um, I'm going to be sharing it on social media. Go to RobOffGrid.com. RobOffGrid.com. And, and I think that uh, if you use the promo code ROB, you're going to save yourself a bunch of money. Uh, $1,500 in uh, free off-grid bonuses. And if things go south, like many people predict, you'll be taken care of. Have a glorious day, guys. God bless you, your families, our first responders, the onboard, and until tomorrow, which is Friday, don't catch the stupid. See you then.